We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yu former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Dable Podcast, where you and Julie, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the new year. Last week, we did our 2023 intentions, and I just can't believe it's 2023. Like, where have the last three years gone? COVID. That's your answer. <laughs> it's just like one blur. <laughs> like, sometimes I have to ask myself, how old am I? Right? And like, I yeah. have to pause. Like, <laughs> we just pretend we're the age when COVID started and just like no time has changed. I like that idea. What do you mean pretend? That is reality. <laughs> yeah, I'm still 37, right? Or 36. Yeah. I think I was 36 when COVID started. Holy shit. Maybe 30. I don't even know. I'm still 25. I'll be forever 36. That sounds good to me. I like that. <laughs> I think 36 was a very good year. 
36 is a good age. Yeah. Although 37 was when I met my partner and you met your partner. Clearly, there's like some age difference because you're slightly older than me, but we were both 37. Mm, That is very interesting. So I think maybe we should stay at 37. Okay. Forever 37. Forever 37. That's going to be the new chain. Forever 37. (laughs) (laughs) We should start it. Just a bunch of almost middle-aged women shopping. Where'd you get that top? Forever 37. (laughs) 37 is the perfect age, though, because I feel like you're wise, like you're in your late 30s, you know what's up, you know yourself, but you haven't hit that 40 mark yet. It's like the perfect freeze in time. Yeah. It's also when you're starting to just not give a fuck. Like, I'm not going to waste yeah, my time. exactly. I don't need to convince someone to like me. I love that. Exactly. Yes, 37 is the age of don't give a fuck, which is why it should be forever frozen. So for anyone listening who is about to hit 37 or that's still years away, you have something to look forward to. For anyone who's surpassed 37 like I have, don't be depressed. It's cool. You know, maybe there's like 47 <laughs> around the corner or 57. You never know. I know. I feel like I do fear my 40s, but I've also seen from you and many of my friends, my partner, that it's not so bad. It's basically the same. There's new strengths that come with every age. There you go. That's the circle of life. You learn something in every decade, just with more back pain. (laughs) There you go. I am having flashbacks, though, because I remember in 2019, before the pandemic, you and I sat down with maybe someone that will not be named, and (laughs) we were trying to do a PR campaign, and Uh we had this revolutionary idea to do 2020 Vision, Mm. which clearly everyone ended up doing, and Mm -hmm. ended up being a complete dumpster fire vision, given what would unfold in the next months. But we had this idea of trends that are happening in modern dating. And I feel like in retrospect, this was not like a unique take at all. This person that was our PR person at the time made it seem like this was gonna like be the silver bullet for us, you know, like something that's never been done before. And it's like, no, everyone does it. But that being said, even though everyone does it, I still think it's fun. I think it's a good way to reflect on what's been going on that informs what's happening. And, you know, just a good way to kind of have our little crystal ball, try to see what's ahead for modern daters. And at the end of the year, we can see what comes true and what doesn't. If we had a crystal ball then, we would have known that he was a really bad hire. But I guess we needed to go through that to learn from it. So there you go. If we won't mention. There was the writing on the wall. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, like when you date and you're like, this doesn't feel right, but mm-hmm. I just do it like good on paper. It feels like it's going to be the right fit. There's no reason like why it wouldn't work, but there's something in my gut telling me that I should run far away. Yep. This was the same situation. Yeah. And we ignored it. We ignored it. We're like, oh, this just is how it's supposed to feel, right? Like this doesn't feel right, but our friend's telling us to do this and, you know, like we should just do it. Yeah, it was a friend's referral. (laughs) Friend was also questionable. We should have known that from the beginning, (laughs) but we did it. We had to learn from our past mistakes. But listen... If anybody needs recommendations in PR, we can tell you who not to use. We won't be blasting his name, but if you DM us, we will be happy to hand it over. This is just like dating. Sometimes you need time to figure out 
if someone's good for you for the long haul. And we learned with both these people that they were not. And at the beginning, you don't always know. You go on a date. We had a nice brunch to discuss this. (laughs) We left thinking like we were energized on top of the world. And time played out. We realized we had made a mistake. And eventually we cut bait. We found some better partners in the future for PR. And it's all a life learning. We were in the trenches like you are with dating, but with PR. And we don't need to be cryptic about what happened. I think we can just spell it out here. This person (laughs) took our money, didn't do the work, kept saying that it was coming and kept missing deadlines, kept lying to us later to find out that he already spent the money. He totally gaslit us too. He's like, I don't understand like why you guys can't just like trust that I'm doing it. It's like, well, you have shown us nothing to show that you're doing it. Nothing. He set up all these trackers and for us to look at the work, there was absolutely zero fucking work that was being done by him. And at the end, when we asked for our money back, he gave nothing back and claimed that he had already given us money by giving us some bullshit screenshot of him refunding our money, which was not the case, and then ghosted us. So that's how it ended. He took our money and ran. a whole list of things he's did, which we did not see happen. We did not see any of it. Later to find out that he had spent the money in like, I don't know, court because he was being sued by someone else. That's probably what happened. Okay, I think we can stop our rip, but I do want to say the only thing I saw him do was he did tell me that time that he reached out to one of his contacts that worked at some media outlet on Facebook. And then he proceeded to tell me she blocked him after. Right. (laughs) Right. It's like, why would you tell your client that? Like, that looks so bad. (laughs) Like, your one contact then blocks you? Okay. Well, there were a lot of red flags here. (laughs) There are a lot of red flags. But, you know, we're better for it. We figured that shit out on our own. We met better people, and now we know how to vet them. Or at least, you know, look at their reviews on Yelp. Listen to our gut, yes. Remember that we're the prize. This is all applicable in dating. But anyways, it brought us to treads, so it has come full circle. When I was thinking about treads, like the first thing that came to mind is just this economic recession that we're going into. And we're talking about trends for this year. Yeah, yeah, trends for this year. When I was thinking, yeah, I'm I'm transitioning off the PR guy as much as I want to talk about him (laughs) the entire episode. People probably don't want to hear it. So thinking about trends, I think the one that stands out to me the most is, you know, we're in this very turbulent time economically. We're headed, if not already in a recession, we're headed into a recession. Who even knows? But the average cost of dating is so freaking high. And, you know, in the pandemic, we learned how to do dates that were not expensive to gain that same amount of connection without spending hundreds of dollars on drinks or dinner. And I think that's going to come back. I think people are going to start to watch their spending a bit and look at alternative dates. It kind of zigzagged, like it was very prominent in the pandemic to do more park dates and picnics, walks, and then we got back into the real worlds. Everyone wanted to be out and about again, do all the activities. And I think we're going to go back to that slower pace of dating for this reason alone. There is proof that dating is in lockstep with the economic cycle. It makes so much sense. When we got out of the pandemic or tried to get out of the pandemic, people had all this money saved up. (laughs) So we saw a surge in more grand dates, more like vacation Mm -hmm. dates, you know. And now 
unless a recession's hitting, you do see people kind of tightening up their purse strings a little bit, just like anybody would in their spending during a recession. So this makes so much sense, but I think it also makes people much more choosy in who they spend their money on, yeah. you know, in terms of dating, which is probably a good thing. You're filtering out the people yeah. who you wouldn't have the resources for. And so now it's like people, they can distill it down to, okay, this is like the person I want to spend my money on now. In the sounding board the other night, which is our premium community that we have at Dateable, we were talking to some folks about video dates and mm -hmm. how they don't really do it anymore. It was something that, you know, was so hot in the pandemic. And I personally think that it's so smart to do. I mean, you don't do video. I know there's video fatigue. Even just a phone call, something that could show you that you can hold a conversation with this person. I don't think it needs to be fireworks on the phone or video, but a lot of people are like, well, I just want to experience the magic in real life. Yeah, we're not disagreeing there. That's when you tell if you want to date someone. You're never going to know from a video or phone call. Absolutely. That being said, do you need to go on a date with everyone and nope. every single person? All that does is lead to burnout and fatigue. So I personally, like I got to the point in my dating life before I met my partner that I went on less dates, but they were with people I was excited to meet. And not all of them worked out clearly, but I didn't have like terrible dates. I wasn't feeling discouraged. I wasn't feeling fatigued, even though they weren't working out. So I do think it's really actually a good thing for our mental health to go on less dates. From my personal experience, from people we've talked to on this podcast, I think we think like if we go on less dates, that means we're not going like, to meet someone. But when you're more intentional and focused and know what you want and know when you see a good thing, I actually think that's when it does fall into place. It's a myth, the numbers game. It's a trend that we are scared of for 2023, which is like amnesia dating. We're starting to forget all the things yeah. we learned during COVID. Because remember yes. during COVID, everyone's like, yes. I'm going to filter more. I'm going to do more video yeah. dates. I'm going to take my yeah. time. I'm date one person at a time. I'm going to be more intentional. And all of a sudden, everyone's like back to BC oh, yeah. before COVID time. So let's like not, you know, let's <laughs> not make this an dating. actual trend, right? <laughs> I like that. I think another one we've talked about for a long time. I feel like we keep this on the list every year. Mm -hmm. And every year it makes just a little bit more headway is sober dating. Mm -hmm. But I actually do see it coming to fruition more this year. One, because of what we just talked about, lower cost of dates, but also just the amount of sober drinks that are hitting the marketplace, bars that are only for non-alcoholic drink usage. A lot of that is starting to rise up. And I do think a lot of it's the fallout of the pandemic, too, of just how much people drink to cover up all the stuff that was going on and how we've realized, like, I know for me, I've cut back on alcohol significantly. And at first, I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to have fun? How am I going to do all this stuff? Mm -hmm. And I've realized that it doesn't actually add to me having fun whatsoever. Not to say one of a drink or two. I'm not going to say I'm sober per se, but I've cut back a lot. An interesting fact that I've seen recently just coming out of the medical field is that the last few years have actually weakened our immune systems. People are getting more sick, mm. developing more allergies. So alcohol actually contributes to a lot of that. And people understand that it weakens your immune system even more. So I think people are wanting to find more creative ways of going out without these toxic ingredients yeah. in their body. And alcohol is just such an easy one to eliminate. Another thing that's sneaking up is I think this is correlated to the recession and just the economic times is 
more of where we date. Mm -hmm. I think there's gas prices are astronomical. People aren't going to just drive out hours for a random date anymore. They're going to want to do that pre-vetting. They're going to want to keep their Uber radiuses a bit tight. They're going to want to maybe date a bit more locally. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to cast a net in terms of location. I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but the problem is that it's not always sustainable. We know that dating, the real key is just continuous interaction and getting to know another person. We can't expect to fall in love after one date. It just takes repetition to some degree. And if you live an hour away, it's just another obstacle that has to happen. So I don't know, it's a hard one for people that feel like they're in a location that doesn't have as much many prospects. Maybe for those people urging you to look at the bigger picture, like are there other filters that you can loosen up a bit? Like there are other ways to get good people in that you can build that rapport with over time. Yeah, this is such a hard one because one of the main benefits of online dating is that you can go beyond your immediate geographic region. We couldn't do that before. So it's sort of a privilege to be able able to expand beyond your Uber radius. But at the same time, I totally understand it takes time, money to get to people. And then you also feel like you have to invest that time with someone when you do see them because you've traveled all this way. So there needs to be a balance. But it goes back to our previous point of just filtering more. If you can filter more in the beginning, then you can make your time more worthwhile because you've already gone through all the stages of building that rapport, like you were saying, so that time can be well spent. Right. I mean, if you feel like you've built the rapport on video and phone dates, maybe you're more open to driving that hour versus someone that you've never met. And it's a total crapshoot if you're going to be able to even hold a conversation. Exactly. Yep. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. This episode is brought to you by Apostrophe. This new year, I've committed to kicking it off right by finding small ways to help me look and feel my best. Taking care of my skin is a huge part of my new commitment to self-love and self-care. That's why I'm excited to partner with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe's mission is to empower you and help you feel confident and comfortable in the skin you're in. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. Simply fill out an online consultation, snap a few selfies, and a board-certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. My products came with detailed instructions and also explanations of each ingredient. Lucky for you all, we have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com datable when you use our code datable. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. Again, go to apostrophe.com slash datable and use our code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. A fun trend that we started to see in 2022, but I think it's going to be more prominent in the new year, is everyone's sort of figuring out their own sexuality or lack thereof. Mm. Gen Zers, younger generations, they've really inspired us older generations to look at who we are and are we happy? kind of like doing what we're doing and having these relationships that we do. There are so many different facets of sexuality. It's not just hetero and homosexuality anymore. We've got pansexual, demisexual, allosexual, asexual. Mm -hmm. There's just so much more to explore. And what we heard from the younger generations, so they're saying, find what works for you instead of you trying to fit the mold of what society tells you you should be. No, I think we're definitely going to see a lot more of that this year. In addition to just an 
overall trend of mindful dating. Again, it's something we've been talking about in this podcast a lot, but I feel like the pandemic was the real push of mental health and seeking therapy. Yep. We see people like even in our Facebook group saying like, okay, I'm trying to unravel these bad dating <laughs> advice that I've been fed for years and just be more authentic, be more present, be more mindful, focus on what makes me feel good, not what I'm supposed to do. And I really do see that more. It's like putting yourself at the forefront and being more intentional. I know it's such a buzzword, like what does intentional even mean? But for me, what it is, is like kind of keeping that like North Star and not just budging and doing all the things, like being focused on what you want and knowing yourself well enough to recognize when something good comes along. And I will take that a step further. I would argue that a trend we will be seeing is increase in shorter relationships. And that is a Mm. good thing because we're seeing a decrease in prolonged relationships that shouldn't be that long anyway. And I think it's because it goes back to this intentionality, mindfulness, is that people know when to end relationships now. And maybe it's just you will have many shorter relationships this year. And that, again, is a very positive step forward. Yeah. And I think like of mindfulness, right, and other factors outside of dating. I remember going to this like mindful eating course a long time ago Uh. with a mutual friend of ours. I did not know what I was getting myself into, but you sat there like looking at the food before you tasted every bite of it and you ate really slowly to really just like get the flavors and Mm -hmm. really take into account like when you're full, when are you just eating just to eat like all this stuff. And I think people are going to do that with dating apps. They're not just going to be swiping on the toilet as much. Like we've been talking about this for a bit of like making that one day that you check in on your dating apps. You don't have to be just glued to them all the time. We hear so many people. Yeah, we were talking about this on the Saudi board the other night too. It's this feeling of, oh, things didn't go my way. I'm just going to like delete all the apps. Why not just use them a little less? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be so like apps versus IRL. Just how do you integrate? it all in a way that doesn't overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to start to really understand that. I think of it like, you know, the do not disturb mode on your phone that I've been trying to set that a little earlier. So I'm off my phone before bed. I feel like people are going to make those rules a little more. And I wouldn't even be surprised if dating apps help facilitate that a bit. I think it's such a great way to see the patterns and how we use technology. And we finally come around to Mm -hmm. figure out how to make dating apps work for us. It's like the advent of when internet was first introduced to us, people did not go on the internet thinking, I'm going to search for this. No, It was just kind of like an internet black hole and you just kind of like search around, see what's out there. (laughs) The internet controlled you. (laughs) You know, it was like telling you what you should be looking at. And we finally got a hold of that and said, okay, now there comes Google. It's a very intentional search now. And I know what I'm coming onto the internet for. Same thing with dating apps. When I first came on, everyone was like, I don't know what I'm searching for. Let's just cool. Let's just see what's out there. And finally, we're coming around to this end of the cycle where we're saying, I know how to make this work for me. I know what I'm searching for. And I know I can spend less time on this and get more out of it. So this is a really wonderful end to this dating app journey because we are finally (laughs) taking a hold of the technology instead of letting it control us. 
I love that. That's such a good analogy of just like internet 1.0 versus 2.0 versus mm-hmm. 3.0 where we're going. And I think it's the same with dating apps. Like 1.0 is the match. 2.0 is the yep. Tinder endless swiping. And I think we're going into a 3.0 where we are more mindful. Yeah, maybe that's a word for 2023. It's mindful everything. Yeah. Where everybody understands what that word means now. That we don't have like, what is intentionality? What is mindfulness? Right, right. They're just buzzwords. I'd like to take them from buzzwords to this is just ingrained in how we do life. Mm-hmm. And then the very last trend, I think that people are going to stop quiet quitting their dating lives and really start to put themselves first mm. once and for all. Really take control of your love life. I think we're all sick of situationships. Mm. 2022 was the year of situationships and how people have just been banging their head against the wall on it. I think it goes to our last point of just when you're more mindful, more intentional, more clear on your needs, you're like, this is not working for me. And it all plays into how do you start to say, okay, I'm a freaking catch. Like someone is out there that can see that. I'm going to go find that person, not like, oh, do they like me? Are they going to ask me out again? I think that shift is so instrumental. And personally, for you and I, like that was the shift that made things start to work. And we've seen that with other guests on the podcast. And I think more people are going to say, enough is enough. I'm not letting other people control my dating life. And hopefully that bleeds into people wanting less of the vanity swipes. We've seen too much of that in the last decade. You're wasting people's time when you're just building your fan club on dating apps. Oh my God, yes. Maybe people will seek that validation a little bit less and become more, again, mindful in what they're looking for on dating apps and treating each other as human beings, being accountable for your own actions, taking accountability, you know, really being responsible for your own actions. And Plenty of Fish actually published their predictions. They had one calling a shift towards main character energy. Hmm. So they said 49% of singles say they made changes to put themselves first. And 32% of single men say that a potential date has rejected them because they want to focus on themselves. Hmm. And I do think that makes sense coming out of the pandemic. We have seen that people have taken that time to reflect and maybe even in the year like 2021, 2022, when we kind of came out of it a bit more, people just went back into things. And now they're still seeing like that's not working. So let me put myself first. So I definitely see the kind of correlation between what we're saying here with putting yourself first to this main character energy. Oh, main character. Big dateable energy. (laughs) M-C-E. B-D-E. And then B-D-E. B-D-E, big dateable energy. I like that. I like both of those. Yeah. Thank you to our moderator, Caitlin, for coming up with that one. I love this big dateable energy. Yeah. Show it. Grow it. Share it. (laughs) Yes. Okay. If you can think of one trend for 2023, it's having that B-D-E, big dateable energy. There you go. Perfect way to sum up 2023. There you go. Let's hopefully another COVID won't be coming our way so we can actually carry out these trends and predictions. But (laughs) you know what? Anything can happen in the next 11 months. Hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully it was insightful. Hopefully it's putting you on the right track, you know, mindset wise to just get out there, enjoy yourself, be mindful, put yourself first, be conscious of what's going on in the world economically, Mm. and just everything out there to realize, you know, you do you, you figure out what works for you and make that love life that you've always wanted. 
And Julie and I will always be your biggest cheerleaders and supporters. We are in your corner. So we just ask for you to come along with us as well. You can follow us on social media at Dateable Podcast is the handle. Please give us a five-star rating and review (laughs) in Apple Podcasts. It really shows that you are in our corner. We're on the same team and know that we're in this together. You'll never be alone in this journey. Even though we're saying put yourself first, know that we are supporting you in that together. Okay. We're going to wrap up this episode and we'll see you all back next week. Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.